You spoke to the Senate Republican High Tech Task Force, which I chair. You said back then that Facebook would always be free. Is that still your objective? Senator, yes. There will always be a version of Facebook that is free. It is our mission to try to help connect everyone around the world and to bring the world closer together. In order to do that, we believe that we need to offer a service that everyone can afford, and we're committed to doing that. Well, if so, how do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Senator, we run ads. I see. Hi, I'm Kimberly Hauser, and I'm a tech attorney, and I teach social media law at Washington State University. My area of interest that I do a lot of research on is how U.S. law does not keep up with modern technology and changes in society. For the past year, I've been researching European privacy law, and I found it to be quite interesting. Now, you may be wondering what a video about a Senate hearing on Cambridge Analytica has to do with the GDPR. I will tell you, it has everything to do with it, but I'll get back to that. So GDPR, as you probably know, stands for the General Data Protection Regulation, which updates the 1995 directive. This 95 directive has been what European companies have been operating under for about 30 years. Now, the GDPR is going to apply not just to European companies, but any company in the world that's processing data of those located in Europe. Now, the stated purpose of the GDPR is to give users more control over their data, but I think it was intended to do a lot more than that. So when I was researching the differences between European and American privacy law, I discovered something very startling and surprising. First off, American companies do not understand European privacy law. And in fact, even today, many American companies do not believe that the GDPR is going to apply to them. What's also interesting, though, is that Europeans don't really understand American privacy law. And I'll let you in on a little secret. We don't have any. Not the way you think. So the GDPR is going to correct four problems immediately. The first one is it is harmonizing laws among the member states. The second is it's giving tools to the data protection authorities in order to enforce these laws in the way that the 95 Directive did not do with increased maximum fines. It's also going to allow data protection authorities to go after companies outside of the European economic area a lot easier with the extraterritorial jurisdiction. And then it does update the law in the sense that it's expanded the definition of personal data to include advances in technology since 1995. Now, Americans vary in their understanding of the GDPR, and some of them are still saying it doesn't apply to them, but European companies are very concerned about this. Every time I come to Europe, that's all anyone wants to talk to me about. 60% um, of European companies are indicating they're not ready. Um, and then also, with these European companies, they're mostly concerned about the time it's going to take to reply to all of these different requests that they're going to get. And I think that concern is very well founded. Now, 
I believe, though, that European companies are in a much better position to comply with the GDPR than any other companies because they've already been working under very strict privacy laws. American companies and companies in countries with lax privacy laws are going to be the ones that have to change their paradigm. Now, there's a number of steps that all companies will need to take in order to comply. But I can't go through all 99 articles in 20 minutes. <laughs> I can uh, probably talk about this for three or four hours. But what I'm going to recommend is a series of basic steps just to get going. The first is to appoint a data protection officer. Now, you may know that not every company is required to have one. I still think this is going to be a best practice. The reason is this is the person that's responsible for making sure your company is complying with the GDPR. The second is you have to document your personal data. And what I mean by that is kind of figure out where your data is, where you received it from, and if you have current consent for it. You've probably been inundated in your email boxes with updates to privacy policies. That's going to continue. Companies are going to have to continually make their privacy policies applicable to exactly what they're doing. They can no longer just rely on throwing something up and thinking it's going to apply for the future. I do believe this is going to be a sticking point with consumers down the road because they will get tired of all the new privacy policies and having to reconsent and reconsent to every additional use. You should enact a mechanism so that users can easily assert their rights. So this is going to be more of a technological solution rather than any type of legal solution. And then you need to obtain contact information for all of your users. This is something I don't see on a lot of checklists, but let me explain why you need this. You need current email addresses. So you may have a list right now, you may have consent to use their data, but you may not know how to reach them. And if there is a data breach down the road, you may have to notify all these people. And if you cannot notify them, you are going to be in violation. Encrypting your data. Again, this is not a requirement of the GDPR, but my prediction is this will become a best practice in short order. Not only will it be a best practice, but I do believe it will go a long way to protecting you in the event of a data breach. And then conducting training. The GDPR is not an IT issue. The GDPR is a complete different worldview. And what this means is every single employee in your company needs to understand data security and privacy. They also need to understand the consequences if they don't follow these rules. Now, as I mentioned, you're probably seeing a lot of privacy policy updates. You should also be modifying yours. You have to indicate the identity of your data controller. You need to provide contact information for the person in charge of receiving the user requests, which could be your data protection officer. You also need to specify whether or not you are making automated decisions about your users. And then inform them of everything. Your privacy policy needs to be clear, concise, and complete. 
And I know that sounds like it conflicts with one another, but that's really what the GDPR is asking you to do. Now, your privacy policy also needs to indicate all of the rights that your users will have. Now, this is a really important requirement, not just for notifying the users, but also so your company understands that these rights in all instances have to be honored. Now, there are a number of business implications for the GDPR, and what I, tr what I tried to do, <laughs> wasn't me, what I tried to do is come up with some of the main ones. So as I mentioned, data protection officer, I think this is really a good first step. They are the one that complies with the GDPR. They're the ones who conduct the data protection impact assessments, the privacy impact assessments. Um, they're going to be ensuring privacy by design. And most importantly, they're going to serve as the point person with the DPA. Because when the DPA wants to conduct a privacy audit, or has questions, or maybe sending a letter of noncompliance, it's important to just have one person representing what the company's doing. Most people are aware of the new consent requirements, so I'm not going to really spend a lot of time on that, except just to say that you have to have consent for each additional use. Profiling. Profiling is automated decision-making, and this is something that um, I have been writing about for a very long time, uh, especially with respect to law in the United States. With the GDPR, you're going to have to inform your users if machines are making decisions about them. Now, where I see the GDPR as being problematic is you also have to explain why a decision was made. And I will just give you, a, uh, for those of you who are not big data people, I'll just give you an example of why I think this one's going to be very difficult. Let's say that your company has an automated program to determine who to extend credit to. And you've programmed your machine to actually review data and to predict which people will not pay their loans. If the machine is taught to learn, what it will do is look for commonalities between those people in your database that tend to default on their loan. The problem is the machine is not going to tell you why it spits out specific people as being potential defaulters. In fact, the commonality could be all of these people own dachshunds. So the machine is going to look for people who, look, who own dachshunds in the future but you're not going to know that, and you're not going to be able to explain that to your users. Now, the reason this is such an important part of the GDPR, though, is because if instead of dachshunds, the commonality is a race or religion, you have serious problems. And this is why this is in the GDPR. Now, as far as practical implications, you do need to have a lawful basis, which I'm sure you've heard about. So you need to look at why you're collecting data, and you need to make sure that you're not collecting data that you do not need. If there is a data breach, you will now need to notify the Data Protection Authority within 72 hours, and you may have to notify your users. Now, one thing I do want to mention is, with this requirement, this is why you need to have current contact information for your users. And then uh, data protection impact assessment. 
this is something that is going to be, um, it's going to require you to document how you're doing this. So it's not enough just to do this. What you need to do is have a report that you can make available to a data protection authority. And that is why I believe another aspect of the GDPR that's going to be very hard to comply with is the massive record keeping requirements. I think this is going to be a lot more uh, time intensive and significant than most people, most companies realize. First, you need to provide verifiable proof, not just of your consent, but your privacy by design, your privacy impact assessment, and everything you're doing to comply with the GDPR. Second, you need to be able to obtain a user's record in machine-readable format that you can provide to them and that they can access and that they can direct you to send to one of your competitors. With marketing lists, you've probably heard a lot of conflicting information on whether or not you can obtain marketing lists from data brokers. The answer is you can, but you will also need to obtain with that list consent for your specific use of that data from those people. So if they cannot provide you with the verifiable consent, then no, you cannot use it. And then finally, um, I just wanted to mention something that is an example of how practices are going to change. So you go to a conference like this, you meet up with people, you exchange business cards, and you assume that that person wants you to contact them. With the GDPR, you're gonna have to get verifiable consent that that person you met here wants you to contact them. Now, American companies vary in their understanding of the GDPR. However, and this is me looking as an outsider in to Europe and European companies, I think this is actually a really good thing for European companies. You've already been operating under the strictest privacy laws in the world. So the GDPR is not this huge leap for you. It's more like a step. Where we're gonna see problems is companies in other locations around the world that are not used to having to comply with these types of laws. Now, with Cambridge Analytica, what you also have going on is this sense of distrust, especially in American companies, especially with Facebook, and I think that that is what's going to present some opportunities for you. My prediction is trust is going to be the new currency. And I think it is so key for European companies to start advertising what they've always been doing, which is taking care of data and honoring privacy rights. You're going to open yourself to an entire new market of people who are very dissatisfied and do not trust large tech companies. This idea has also been confirmed in a number of statements that I've read for when the GDPR was being create, created and implemented. And this is this idea that the European tech industry has not taken off to the extent that it has in other countries because of these very strict restrictions on what they can do to, with data. And it's been called an unlevel playing field. And I think that's a correct characterization. 
evidence for this has to be that the data protection authorities have been going after U.S. tech companies for the last 10 years. The problem is we've not seen any changes in behavior of U.S. tech companies, and the reason is the fines, maximum fines under European law have been so insignificant. Do you think Facebook cares about a $100,000 fine? Do you think that's going to change their business practices? One of the reasons that I think American privacy law is so far behind the times is because the people that are in charge of it are completely out of touch. That video that I showed you in the beginning, that man that was asking Mark Zuckerberg questions, he's the head of the Senate Republican High Tech Committee. This is the person in the United States that's in charge of creating privacy laws and he doesn't know how Facebook works. So US companies have been able to monetize data for a decade, way beyond what European companies have been able to do. But I think instead of being fearful of the GDPR, you should embrace it as the opportunity it is. So many people that I've talked to over, especially since January, um, European company owners have been so concerned about getting fined on tomorrow, basically. And I've said to them, I would not worry about that. I do not think the DPAs are coming after European companies tomorrow. I think they're going after Facebook and Google. And I think that they are chomping at the bit to do this because under prior law, they did not have the ability to affect change, and now they will. But what we also have is this new potential market for European companies, and that is US users. They are so distrusting and so upset with what Cambridge Analytica revealed they would really welcome the opportunity to work with a company that is advertising that it's been prote protecting data for 30 years. Now, this is from April, and it shows that Facebook has an 80% market share of social media. European companies fall within that less, one per less than 1%. Um, now, this chart was updated recently. Facebook's percentage has fallen to 65%. And what that demonstrates is there is this feeling that my data is not safe with Facebook. But there aren't a lot of other places to go that people are aware of. And I think that European companies could actually become the gold standard for how platforms ought to be, because you've already been doing this. Now, as some final thoughts, I do think that with the GDPR, European platforms will no longer be hindered by these strict regulations, because now everybody who's collecting data from people in Europe will have to comply with them. I think that's going to lead to a big change. There's literally hundreds of social media platforms and other companies out there that are just not getting the market share because Facebook has been able to operate under laws that nowhere address anything even close to what the GDPR is trying to accomplish. 
So what this means for you is that the GDPR is an opportunity. You have an opportunity for a new market, US. You have the opportunity to actually advertise what you've been doing all along. It's not new for you. I mean, just think about being a consumer. And somebody says, hey, we're changing our privacy policies because now we're going to start protecting your data because the law says so. Or do you want to go with a company that says, we've been doing this for 30 years. You just haven't noticed us. We know how to protect your data. I think this is really going to be a paradigm shift. I do predict that there will be uh, actions brought against US tech companies, but I also predict that they will fight them. They will fight them because of extraterritorial jurisdiction and its application. However, I do not believe that that will make these companies, um, I don't think people are going to really be happy about that. I think it brings more negative attention to US tech companies in a way that European companies can avoid because of how you've been following the law all along. So thank you, and I'll be around if anyone wants to ask me any questions. Um, it's one of my favorite topics, and I really appreciate being given the opportunity to speak with you today. Thanks.